Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, I'm delighted to have with me Peter Serenita. He is a senior data management executive and advisor with extensive experience leading global organizations in the financial services industry. He has held senior executive leadership roles and as group chief data officer of a global bank and in pioneering that capability by establishing a global enterprise data management ecosystem. Peter is also the chairman of the board of directors of the Enterprise Data Management Council and voted 2009 Reference Data Executive and Data and Analytics Executive of the Year 2021 by multiple publications. He is an author and speaker, and we'll hear about Peter and the role of data and how that is shaping the future of organizations. Peter, welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you, Stephen, and thanks for having me. It's it's, it's having a really good day. It's uh, it's been a terrific uh, summer. Wonderful. Is that um, uh, sunny New York? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, for those of you who may not know, I actually retired uh, uh, July first, uh, and uh, you know that time was intentional. I wanted to spend uh, quality time with the family, have a couple of grandkids, and so the summer was a great time to do that. So it's been a fantastic summer. So now turn my attention to the fall and winter and figuring out what next. Awesome, awesome. We're, we're, we're going to delve a little bit more into your retirement yeah. and how you're planning to do that. But keen to hear about your uh, your journey, Peter. Um, where did it all begin? Uh, briefly tell us yeah. the between personal and professional journey. It's, it's, uh, it, it's one of those stories that, um, you know, People always think about having a very clear path in their career, their progression. But uh, I think more of the time, it's more uh, happenstance than than plan. Yeah. You know, it else has to do with timing. It has to do with the environment. Again, going back to uh, I can't even remember the years, like early two thousand, maybe even late nineteen nineties. For those of you on the phone, <laughs> or I should say on the video, uh, yeah, way back then, um, you know, data wasn't a thing. You know, it wasn't a separate thing. It was just part of uh, the environment. Mm -hmm. And so uh, at JP Morgan, I took on uh, a role. Actually, I created a data organization. Again, we didn't call it a data organization at the time, yeah. uh, but it was to service the wholesale bank for its customer data, its customer, uh, its uh, SecMaster, its mm -hmm. you know, calendaring, its settlement instructions and stuff like that. So, uh, and that was the first time we pulled that all together and we started managing that as uh, discrete capabilities for the whole firm. I think that's what set me on my journey to be, to be a data professional. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, it was, it's not to any kind of master plan. It was like, oh, there's a need, let's, let's fill it. Yeah, yeah, amazing. And, and with that uh, mindset and building of those capabilities, you transitioned very well into other organizations as well, building capabilities for organizations that both you and I worked for as well. Yes, absolutely. So, so you know, back then it was really more, you know, I had both tech and ops reporting to me. So it was really more about getting the 
processes and the technology aligned across the different businesses within JP Morgan, whether I was in the investment bank, it was the private bank, it was the commercial bank. Again, those were old organizational names. Um, we did, like I said, in the industry, there was no data management practice per se. There was no process. So, you know, fast forward a little bit. Uh, I moved into uh, worldwide security services in JP Morgan and became a chief data officer. And that was uh, a new title. You know, it was actually the second named chief data officer in financial services. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it was really then trying to figure out, you know, what does this all mean? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, what is, and we wouldn't be able to use the term a data professional at that time, because there was no profession, right? There was no process, there were no tools. So we had to figure it out myself. And now the first chief data officer, you know, was John Bottega, uh, and John and I worked very closely together because we together were trying to kind of figure out how do we do this thing that we call data management? And, uh, and yeah, and to your point, uh, you know, I took it to a certain point at uh, JP Morgan. And then I was asked to join uh, HSBC, uh, the, where we met. Yeah. Uh, and that was more intentional, right? That was, they hired me, they said, I, initially I was in the uh, global banking markets, it was called, but then ultimately in a few years, they said, uh, you know, I really want you to lead a data organization, build a data organization within HSBC. Um, and so now I had to kind of figure out, okay, how do I do that? You know, what does it mean to be a data, global data organization? You know, and, and it goes across all of the uh, different, uh, you know, dimensions, you know, what are the people, you know, it always starts with the people. What are the types of people we need? What's the organizational structure going to look like? You know, what's the technology? What's our relationship to technology and the business? Uh, how do you do it on a global basis versus a local basis? So it was it was uh, quite a daunting task, but uh, I'm very fulfilled. It was uh, it was amazing, and uh, I'm very proud of where we were able to take that, yeah. uh, and then hand it off to the next CDO there. Yeah, yeah, no, amazing, and um, and 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 then you you kind of moved on, and um, uh... yeah, uh, you know, at HSBC there was a lot of travel. You know, I was based in New York and HSBC is headquartered in London. So I spent a lot of time in London and other countries. And that was, you know, again, I loved that. It was very rewarding, but it gets to a point where you want a little, I want a little more stability of, you know, being home more. Um, so, so I worked with uh, my boss at the time to transition to uh, a new hire we had hired. Uh, and then uh, I took a role at Scotiabank uh, as their chief data officer, initially in the U.S. Again, that was the intent to stay local. Uh, and then within a year or two, they asked me to be the global CDO as well. And to, you know, they had already started building a global organization. So I kind of uh, went into that role to kind of take that to the next level. But yeah. the other thing that we did, at, the other thing we did at Scotiabank, which I really, you know, really convinced me that this is the next role for me. Yeah. Was we moved away. Well, we didn't move away. Excuse me. Let me correct myself. I was about to say we moved away from defense, but that would be inaccurate we incorporated the offense into our defense strategy. So we had a better balance between offense and defense. And the way they did that was they, they, they basically changed the entire organization. And what they did is they, they, they combined the analytics organization and the data organization into a single organization and had it reporting into the business. Yeah. And so now it became a business imperative. Yeah. And the, 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 obviously the analytics people were wholly focused on business enablement, customer experience. The data people had both responsibilities of enabling that customer experience and business enablement, as well as the 
you know, traditional regulatory. And so we had a we had to change our processes and the way we worked yeah. to better fit this duplicity of, you know, if you think about the requirements of a analytics team versus a regulatory team, yeah. they're by they're complete opposites. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, the regulatory team, it's all about 100 percent accuracy and time. You know, you, you have time to implement those things. Yeah. You know, so you see these multi-year projects of regulatory compliance and everything like that. But on the other side, on the analytics side, it's completely opposite, right? Yeah. It's really about speed to market. Mm -hmm. Accuracy is secondary. You know, something that's 80% accurate is good enough statistically for the analytic to work. Yeah. So how do you marry those things so you're able to satisfy both masters, if you will, yeah. uh, was a challenge. And I, you know, and it really was, you know, again, uh, taking uh writing a new playbook basically yeah and and you are you, you what i'm hearing is exactly that i mean you wrote the playbook you architected the whole with your leadership architected the whole thing and it's it's quite interesting as you were describing jp morgan hsbc uh, scotia bank these are large organizations and you correctly mentioned about the awareness of data and you know, decades ago to what it is now. And it's not just about data, as you were describing, there is a people component, there's a cultural component. And, and all of that just came into, into, uh, into fruition as you as you progress through the different organizations. But I'm curious, to, um, Peter, you know, with with all these changes and new organization and bringing your new vision into these organizations around the data um, ecosystem i'm calling it very broadly mm -hmm. what kind of challenges were you facing in some of these organizations at holistically yeah yeah no uh, good you know, excellent question you know i i think um there is, this is all about transformation, transforming companies and or processes or technology, all of the and people, culture, you know. So, like any transformation program, you know, it has to be thought out in terms of things don't change quickly in corporate cult and corporate environments, right? It it can't, it just can't, unless it's a very small company, right? It does not change on a dime. So, how do you affect change of a very large organization in a way that's not I was about to say not disruptive. It's not a question of disruption. How do you do it in an orchestrated way that it actually does evolve? Yeah. And, and you know, you get the integration, the support. And so it, it does have to be well-planned, yeah. but also, as you might imagine, uh, you know, it has to do a lot to do with interpersonal skills. So it's the soft skills as well. How do you influence people? And, you know, it's not about reporting lines when you get to that type of scale, right? It's about relationship management it's about a vision and getting people to that vision and and getting them excited about it and i think that's one of the things and we can cut uh, catch up on that a little bit later you know talk a little more about that a little bit later is like you know how do you how do you get uh energized and how do you how do you you know get all of these very diverse and uh, uh cross-functional teams all rowing in the same direction yeah uh and and that's about Again, getting people on board with that vision and making them part of that team, not, not feel part of that team, but be, actually be a part of that team, part of that momentum. And they're all excited about it. You know, 
quite frankly, these organizational charts are an inhibitor to change, yeah, right? True, true. Uh, you know, and, I, and don't get me wrong. I mean, everyone has their own agenda and priority, not, not because they have a personal agenda or a priority, but their, their line of command, if you will, has priorities that are set for them and then you're coming over that and saying well wait a second there's something that's bigger for the enterprise mm -hmm. and it's always this give and take between the business line and the enterprise yeah. uh, and i do have to be a little careful with that word because i don't want to imply that everything is centralized you know that's not the case in fact that's probably one of the the questions of what's the worst model or <laughs> we can talk a little <laughs> bit more about models later yeah. but you know how do you affect change across an enterprise but as you know, change happens in the trenches. It doesn't happen at that level. So how do you how do you uh, manage that? Yeah, yeah, and and we definitely will be speaking about that. And you know the, you know, getting that buy-in. And you mentioned about uh, that influencing side of things and the type, you know, the types of conversations that you have, especially when you're making wholesale change, i.e., transformation is a whole new type of conversation with with uh, with diverse levels right and, and and how that happens um but before we actually come into that one here you know we talk about data and we talk about um data as a whole um one 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 question just for different types of leaders and organizations different sizes of organizations different sectors what why why is data important and 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 i know you touched on some of these things around the you know what, what has changed over the decades but just keen to just hear your 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 views as to why data is important and what has changed over the decades yeah well let me start by saying and for, for those anyone listening here it this is an amazing time to be a data person i mean it's 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 I couldn't be more pleased with where data has come to and, and where it's going, <clears throat> what the future holds for data folks and data people. And I use the word data people, meaning, you know, anyone associated with data, because at the end of the day, everyone's going to be associated with data. Yeah. But let me go back to your question, right? And, 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 and this does, we, I do hit on some of this. So what I've been working on a little bit over the last, over the last few months, I'm working on co-authoring a couple of white papers, a series of white papers. And, uh, you know, I'm co-authoring them with uh, Elia Polanco and Julia Botz-Messa. And um, the first white paper talks about the business transformation, you know, moving to become a data-driven organization. Mm -hmm. uh, why is that important, you know, and what does it mean and stuff like that? The second one talks about, you know, the technology transformation that has to accompany that. And the third one talks about, you know, how does data management has to evolve, you know, because again, it's not, you know, data management, like all things needs to evolve to keep up with these change. It can't just stay back to the same data manager that was. It yeah. needs to, you know, be much, it needs to continue to integrate and be, and actually and to some degree be more integrated. But anyway, going back to your question, you know, um, when you think back, so again, this is a little bit of this is in the first white paper, which hopefully will be out next month. It should be out next month in October. Um, the, the, past, we were very, we, meaning financial services, were very focused on process, right? We had to book the trade. We had to confirm the trade. You know, obviously I'm using a wholesale example, but the same thing with retail, right? We had to take the deposit. We had to update the balances, right? And so there was a whole process. And what we did is we had to, the main focus was optimizing that process, mm -hmm. right? 
And then when we optimize that process, and part of that was through process, part of that was through technology, yeah. right? So all your systems were built around process, yeah. okay? And so then what happened is we said, okay, we've got those processes pretty well in control. You know, we can pretty much, you know, you, you do a deposit, you're pretty confident, you know, that balance is going to be updated, your funds will be available. But then we said, listen, we want to provide our customers with more than individual products. We want to provide them with multiple projects, products, especially global companies, right? So now we had to say, okay, how do we optimize that process across the business silos that exist? And that became a bit of a challenge, right? Because it wasn't built that way. It was built you know, much more around individual processes. So systems then had to adjust, the processes adjusted, systems had to adjust. And the way we adjusted those processes and systems where we said, okay, we need to send data to each of those processes. And so if I you know, wanted to look across, I would send data from here, from there, from there, consolidate it and present it, right? And so, but it was still kind of you know, focused on the process. It was still process driven. You know, the data and it was process was king. The, well, the phrase we're using is the data was brought to the process, okay? Now, if you kind of think about it, called an evolution or maybe even a revolution, mm -hmm. to move to a data-driven organization, actually data is king, not the process. True. Processes are temporal. They come, they go, they finish, they stop, right? Whereas data is, you know, is, is perpetual. So yeah. we've got it kind of backwards. So what we want to do now is we want to say, listen, we're going to, the data is the center of the universe and processes will act on that data. And that means that uh, we've got to kind of invert the, the way we think. Our technology needs to, again, evolve to a different data architecture or a different technical architecture. And again, our, our, our data management process or businesses, all that needs to transform. So, so really, this is what I think is, you know, what it really truly means to be a data-driven organization is really data is king. And mm -hmm. the reason it has become even, and, and so I'm going, finally going to answer your question. Uh, the reason why is, you know, the, like I said earlier, the processes are pretty well controlled, but it's that, it's that more holistic capability yeah. that you really can't achieve without focusing on the data before the process. Yeah. And that's what most companies are. And you see that, you yeah. know, uh, you see that in newer companies, right? Newer companies that are a little more agile, you know, mm. data is king. Yeah. Uh, and I know everyone uses the same examples and I won't even bother trying to mention them because, but, you know, this is what a lot of financial firms are, 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 are really spending a lot of time and energy trying to get to. And it's a journey. It's not a, you know, okay, we would decide we're going to be a data organization. Data is going to be first. So, so in that second model, yeah. right? It's, it's we, earlier I said the data is, you know, goes to the function. Yeah. Now the function goes to the data. Yeah. Okay. So it really inverts everything. Yeah. And, and as you were just describing, and uh, first of all, congratulations on the, the paper that you're co-authoring and we're definitely looking forward to, uh, to seeing it when it comes through. <laughs> um, but as you were just describing there, I was also thinking that um, with, without data, because da data is such, so key, right? So without, without that data, that companies aren't able to um, perform per their vision, you know, because of, let's say, inaccurate forecasting or their revenue goals or anything of that sort. And, and also now we've got these big changes, albeit um, 
um, you know, things that have been happening over the last decade, such as sustainability and ESG and so forth. You know, we talk about ESG reporting and, you know, depending on, uh, you know, the size of the organization and, and so forth. All of that is because of data. Yeah. And yeah. and 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 you mentioned about transformation and technology, and then there is all this next gen technology that needs to enable all of this. Right? Absolutely, a absolutely. So 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 I, I want to go backwards a little bit because I don't think I you know one thing I left out of the previous question. You know, why is data important, right? And and I obviously gave a very long winded and probably not act not 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 the concise answer. So let me try and get a little more concise on that and then go to your other point about this next generation of technology because that's really exciting as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, in the past, we, you know, we would know our customers through the interactions we had with them, right? And again, using a retail bank example, a person would come into the branch, they know the teller, they know the bank manager, you know, they chat and they see what do you want, what do you need, how do you, you know, how's the family, and that sort of thing. And then, you know, now we move to a digitized environment yeah. and all of a sudden that personal interaction and the, and the, and the nuggets of information that that would, that would create are gone, right? And so now the way we know people is through their actions, through things they do, that they do, things they look at, you know, things they ask about. And so now we're collecting information to know our customers through, through electronic means. Yeah. And even if it was an interactive uh, session, you know, a lot of that is uh, also created into data as well. So, and, and now we have the opportunity to know even more about our customer than we ever could or would, right? And that all in the interest of servicing that customer again, because we, we, you know, we can do a whole other podcast about the use of data, data ethics, and stuff like that. And it's a usually important topic, uh, but again, we wouldn't have time for that here. So, so I'm, so I'm going to just say that you know, so data became important because it was, it was knowledge. It became, it's the only knowledge, corporate knowledge that exists, a customer knowledge that exists. And so now how do you leverage that knowledge? And to your point now we have a new generation of tools, which is really, really exciting, right? Mm -hmm. And in fact, a lot the second paper talks a lot about the new generation of tools and why we think it now is the time to be able to become a data-driven organization. Mm -hmm. the, the, the sophistication of some of these tools the, the uh, machine learning capabilities, not just in the analytics part, part yeah. of the process, but actually in the data knowledge part of the process, yeah. uh, the data acquisition part of the process, the, you know, the data management part of the process. So, so I'm really, this is why I'm really excited about where data is and where it's heading. Mm -hmm. uh, the capabilities, you know, again, going way back with John and I were trying to figure out, you know, so what do you think, you know, can we use this tool to try and do this little thing? Now it's like a, there are, I won't say a periphery in the sense of the too many, uh, but there's certainly a, a, a number of, of fantastic tools out there and more on the horizon that will let you, you know, A, manage your data yeah. and B, access your data very, very quickly and very easily yeah. in a way that it's, I'm going to use the, another term, data for all, right? right? Good. And Good. and that becomes a little controversial too. It's like, oh, the first thing you hear is, okay, wait a second, wait a second, data <laughs> privacy or privacy from where you are, yeah. uh, you know, data security. And yeah. all that though is built in. It's not like we've ignored it and said, okay, everybody gets access to data. Uh, it, no, all that's built in. So data for all, and then a little asterisk that says, assuming you have, you know, the appropriate controls and da, 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 da. But yeah. uh, that, that's usually exciting. Yeah. So... 
just pivoting from from that um data is definitely important it's key and uh you know you've pioneered you've established that now there are other companies out there from an awareness and and bringing that conscious awareness amongst board members or owners founders ceos you know board members how 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 do you get this on the agenda of the executive committee and the board <laughs> yeah no that's a, that's an excellent question that's uh you know it's it, it's easy said harder done mm. right um it really does require champions you, you you have to have champions in the organization it can't be a, you can't be a lone wolf or a voice in you know in the wilderness saying you know saying hey hey um so i think there's a combination of events i don't think it's any one thing Right. I think there, there are some organizations that the CEO and the board are, you know, in fact, they're driving it. They're, they're like very aware. They're like, hey, you know, this is what we want. And so, you know, those of you who are in companies like that, you know, fantastic, you know, just the you know, full steam ahead. You know, and other companies that are what I'll call more traditional companies or more traditional businesses that this is kind of new and, and, and uh, scary, uh, you know, because there's a lot of, you know, the, let's, let's give uh, a little bit of credit to have more than a little bit of credit to the board and to the CEOs out there, right? There's a lot they have to think about, right? Yeah. It's not like they're sitting there waiting to think about data-driven organizations and stuff like that. You know, they, they're worrying about the environment, especially more recently, you know, with all the different uh, events happening. You know, there's a there's a lot on their shoulders to worry about. And, you know, whether it be, you know, their capital, you know, uh, their, their, their um, you know, their customers, their business mix, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And again, I'm not pretending to be a CEO, but um, so so really it requires, uh, again, more than one person saying this is important. Yeah. And it requires people, and when I say people, more effectively, if you had business leaders in the organization saying this is important, yeah. you know, as opposed to, you know, data people per se, again, I, I don't, because that's what, that's what it's all about. It's about the business. Yeah. The second thing is, and this is, um, going to sound uh, count, counter a little bit is I'll say it's FOMO. Fear yeah. of missing out. Yeah. Right. Sure. If, if we start to see organizations that are doing that transformation and having some success, that will cause uh, some of the leaders to say, hey, wait a second. You know, and it's a real threat. I, you know, I really and in the paper I actually talk about it. You know, I say, you know, if you don't transform to this, Mm -hmm. You will be left behind. I tr truly believe that companies that did not become data driven will be obsolete, be bought, be obsolete. They will be the laggers. Yeah. So, so it's not a fake FOMO. It's a real FOMO. Yeah, yeah, no, ab absolutely. And uh, you know, we we are in this exponential age where change is happening so rapidly, and data being a big factor. Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm in conversations with several leaders as well, and any conversation that I'm having with, or any any any, any if 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 an organization is trying to make a change, data is part of it. You just yeah. cannot get away from it. But it's it's also doing it the right way, and it takes time, as you were describing. Right. You need champions, and you need all these different you know, business partners and so forth to come right. forward and, and bring that single voice. Um, and this, the larger the size of the organization, the more, the more difficult challenge. it is, absolutely. 
Yeah. yeah, and you know, and the older I can say, in some degree, the older the organization, meaning it's more embedded, and you know, the processes are more embedded, and so you know, any any time you have that, the transformations are a little more difficult. In fact, originally we were planning to write three white papers in the series, and now we've decided, after having written the three or having drafts of the three, we decide that that we do need a fourth one, which is. You know, how do you transition to a data-driven organization? We have a little blurt part of that. We had planned to put that in the second white paper, but we decided that it didn't really do it justice. So we're going to actually create a fourth uh, white paper in the series to talk about, okay, you know, now how, how do you start? How do you get going? Because it can't be big bang, right? And it is going to take time, but how, how, and then how do you live in this environment that's kind of, you know, uh, hybrid? Right, yeah. because you're going to be both moving toward, but still in, yeah. uh, you know, the old model. So uh, it's it's an interesting challenge. But again, I still you know, firmly believe that it's it's a must. It's not a it's no longer an option. You know, it used to be a, you know those companies that wanted to do really well, really leverage data. Well, in the future, it's going to be non-negotiable. It's it's uh, it's a must to to survive. Yeah. Peter, you're, you're a leader in your own right, and you've touched on so many of these aspects here, but is there one thing that you'd like to share that's your secret formula to your success? Uh, well, I, I guess, you know, I, I guess what I would say is at the end of the day, it's about people, mm -hmm. okay? You know, and again, we talked a little bit before about trans, you know, the new technologies and all that, and that's really important, but it's about people. You know, how do you how do you get an organization to work towards a goal? How do you get an organization to um, basically coalesce around an objective and 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 fund? Because we could spend a, you know another hour talking about funding because that's always a difficult thing. Given you know again how much uh, gets uh, put on the plate of change the bank, if you will. But uh, it is about building those relationships, building those, building that vision, getting people to coalesce around that vision, getting the support to, to drive it. And then the hardest part by far is sustaining that over a period of time, yeah. right? There, you know, there's always the best of intentions when these things start off. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about data transformation, any transformation, right? There's always the best of intent, but over time, things happen. And how do you keep that momentum? How do you keep that, uh, you know, on the trajectory? It will never be the straight line that people would want it to be because you know, life doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. But how do you make sure that you've made all the course corrections, but still have the forward momentum and showing results, right? And, and again, this is not anything anyone doesn't know. It's not a big bang approach that all the, the, the golden pot of gold is at the end of the rainbow. You know, there are little caches of gold along the way. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 making those uh, transformational changes through all those different interventions or setting that conducive environment as you were. Yeah, and, and if I can interrupt you a second, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, advice to data people, right? And again, this is things they, they, they probably already know, but it's worth saying is, you know, have a business mindset, right? Because, and again, especially at the early days, I think it's, it's gotten better over time, but in the early days, it was about data purity, it was about data, you know, data people, that's what they were trained in, right? Yeah, yeah. And that didn't really resonate and it could never resonate with the, the business people per se. So really think about it in their terms, you know, what is the business value of what you're doing? What are the business outcomes? It all has to be about outcomes. And it's not just, again, the outcome at the end, each step, you know, what are the outcomes that we're going to realize along the way? 
and really talk and think in those terms. It will help you prioritize the work, yeah. right? As well as, again, connect to the business and customers. Yeah. Peter, um, you know, you, you mentioned you're retired, but uh, what does what a day in the life in the day of, in the life of Peter look like these days? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know, I, I made a conscious decision to retire before the summer because I, I really wanted to spend the summer like take the summer off, basically, which is what I did. Uh, I spent a lot of time with my grandkids and with my wife and uh, at our at our each house and stuff like that. So it was really very rewarding. And I figured in the fall, I'd figure out what we do, what I do on a go forward basis. And, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards, you know, doing things like, uh, and you had mentioned this a little while ago, you know, kind of advisory work or board work, you know, really looking at uh, some, you know, key board positions, mm -hmm. uh, doing some advisory work and it really helping. I, mean, I really want to do it. I have, as you can tell, I have a passion about this. So it's really about not completely disconnecting, but taking the experiences I've had over these oh so many years mm -hmm. and hopefully being able to impart and continue to learn. You know, you, you know, my views have shifted over the years and they, you know, thank goodness, you know, they'd be obsolete views and out of touch. Yeah. So I, that's why, you know, it's constantly learning, adjusting, advising, guiding, you know, that's the kind of things I enjoy doing. So I'd really like to take some of my experience and, and really help others with, along the journey yeah and they definitely will benefit from the advice and uh, knowledge that you and the wisdom that you will bring to the table uh peter we are coming to a close very shortly any final closing messages or a challenge to other executive leaders boards or business organizations that you want to highlight or state here yeah i, I guess um you know first of all I'll address to, to again and i kind of talked a little bit about it i'm usually excited about you know where data is headed uh, you know, from the back room of, you know, uh, you know, a small group of people uh, to it being, and you can see it, you know, the, it being a, a profession, number mm -hmm. one. It, and I'm, I'm, I'm usually excited about the fact that it's a profession. Uh, as you know, I'm still, uh, as you mentioned earlier, I'm the chairman of the Enterprise Data Management Council. Uh, in the past, uh, you know, uh, I was on the uh, advisory board of Steve's Institute Technologies Data uh, Business and Information and, and Analytics Program. Um, so I'm usually passionate about, you know, building the next generation, actually building, working with the next generation of data people, yeah. because again, it, it's so enriching to me personally, because, it, you know, besides, you know, the, hopefully I can impart some something on them. But actually, what they also impart on me is a new way of thinking, yeah. right? The, the new generations of people, of individuals, have different ways of thinking, which, you know, I, I've said this in a, some conferences way back when I would speak. I'd say, you know, well, I can take data incrementally or linear, you know, up the scale of capabilities. But the real big leaps will happen when different types of thinking take it. And that's when generational thinking happens. And it's like, oh, well, what about this? And then boom, we take a, a leap there. And like I said, I, I think we're starting to see that in the technology arena, because I think the new generation of tool sets are, are a function of that, mm -hmm. uh, which really excites me. So as number one, it's a great time to be a data person. Uh, and, num and also um, take a view, right? Have a vision, mm. you know, take a chance. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and that will be rewarding not just for yourself, yeah. but for the organizations that you're in. You know, uh, going to the job and doing the job because you were asked to do the job is, you know, I'd say maybe somewhat rewarding. Mm -hmm. But even more rewarding is 
being a thought leader, being a visionary. Again, it, it has to be practical and and um, executable and executed, yeah. right? I don't want you know theoretical whatever. So, but but help us take data forward in yeah. a practical way yeah. uh, to business leaders. Uh, you know, uh, you know, really look at data as a part of your. I'd about to say a part of your business, but let's start there. Mm-hmm. You know, data is an important component of your business. It's just as important as any other component of your business. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that it will be able to provide you is not just information and knowledge, but it actually can, and this is where you make that turn, and, and we're a little ways away from here, it can be your business, yeah. right? It can, uh, it, 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 it can be one of the primary drivers of your business, not just an, uh, an enabler of your business, right? So really kind of, so does it have the right place in your organization? I don't mean like organizational structure. Does it have the right voice? Are you heading, are you considering it as part of what you, what you worry about, what you're concerned about? There are a lot of people in the past would say, where does a CDO sit? And that was a heavy focus, as you know, for many years, right? Mm-hmm. CDOs, they work, they report into the technology group or they report into the business, or they, right? And, and it's somewhat important. You know, what's really important is who's actually heading it, number one, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, but, and then they would say, well, we want data report to the CEO. And, and I pause a little bit with that because I said earlier, the CEO has a lot to think about. And I don't know if we're, I think the next port, port of call for the data organization or the, or, the, or the CDO, if you will, is actually the head of strategy, business strategy. Yeah. If you yeah. truly believe that data should drive the strategy or be a major portion of that strategy, then why isn't the head of business strategy uh, have responsibility for the data strategy? Yeah. So that's, that's my take. And so that's what I would say to the business leaders is, you know, be very cognizant of your data capabilities. Is it what you need it to be? Yeah. And, and are you, are you organizing the way for success? Yeah. Peter, uh, you know, wise words from Peter and a challenge to, uh, to businesses, to individuals and to, uh, um, and to, and to leaders as well. Peter, thank you very much for being with us today and uh, sharing your journey and your insights, your wisdom, and, you know, your forward thinking vision of data and the organization behind that. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. It's been fantastic talking to you. Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode where we hear from the CEO and chair of FTSE 500 Oil and Gas Company and how he is transforming the industry. Stay tuned for that in our next episode. Hey, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content, insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. 
leaders like Ivana from medium-sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine-tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable, thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.